0: Thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss a single episode.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Football Digest um, weekly podcast. Um, Nice to be joined by the usual gang, actually. We've got lots to look forward to um, uh, for the FA Cup final. Um, So joining me this week, Jeremy Cross, Andy Dunn and Simon Mullock. And yeah, lots to look forward to. Wembley on Saturday. Chelsea finally, um, I was about to say, unveil Poch, but they still haven't done that. But they've at least announced Maurizio Pochettino. And we'll just have a little look back upon sort of kind of who's the best um, teams of the recent past um, uh, as compared to, where does this Man City um, team, I think it, it, uh, obviously after the treble, can they f- complete the treble and uh, and also how do, how do they compare to the recent uh, great teams of the past? I'm thinking kind of Fergie's '99 team, the Invincibles, Jose's early da- da- doors at Chelsea. Um, yeah, so let's look at that. But listen, let's start, shall we, with the FA Cup final? And um, Jeremy, I'll come to you. What what do you think uh, uh, if you look at the next two games in in the quest for the treble? Is Saturday Man City's hardest obstacle to overcome even harder Man United than perhaps Inter Milan and the Champions League final?
2: Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, look, Inter Milan have got to the Champions League final. No one would have predicted that at the start of the season. You know, they've not beaten anyone of any note. there, So you really can't see it anything other than a comfortable win for City in, um in Istanbul. And United, you know, look, the... I still don't think he's going to be a major hurdle for City on Saturday. I can't see anything that a City win. I just think City will dominate the ball in such good form, so, so much confidence. But, you know, we've seen shocks before, haven't we? I mean, the fact we're talking about a shock with it being Man United speaks volumes for how far apart these teams are really still. I mean, United have made progress this season, but still finished 14 points behind City in the title race. So, you know, look, Rush, the, I've had to do a combined Manchester 11 this morning for the for the newspaper for tomorrow. And I've only put two United players in there, and that's Casemiro and Rashford. And even then, that was a big call. because You know, I had to leave out players like Grealish. There's just, you know, such a vast difference in quality between the two teams. And um, although it's a derby, the first one, or or Manchester one, and anything can happen in a cup final, I just can't see anything other than that City win.
1: No. Uh, Andy, what do you think?
3: Um, I think City will win. Um, I, I, I had three, by the way, in, in my combined um, City United eleven. I just, a, a, just admit on this that they're basically. I'm pleased you mentioned this because I've forgotten to do it. So when does it have oh, to yeah, be? It, it, I think it's embargoed as well, so I'm not yeah. sure we can talk about it. But anyway, <laughs> I, I had sure, I had sure, Fernandez and Rashford in, in, in mine. So, I, I have think the lads, have, I think the lads have done a
0: sympathy vote. There, I've got to say, two and three
3: I've done you well. get two well, did, did well did, did, did. three. How does oh, Fernandez! Fernandez. Get into that midfield. Sorry. How does Fernandez get into that midfield? Yeah, I'm. I'm having Fernandez. But I've got, I've got, I've got Rodri holding. Then I've got, um, Fernandez, De Bruyne, and Silva. I think I can't remember that. You have not You've got Gundogan in your team? No, I haven't got Gundogan in, in, in my team. No, i mean yeah? You've got Freddie, Just checking. But, but Thomas Mustafi, Fred the Red, Fred uh, the Red. Uh, anyway, uh, back to the final. Um, yeah. Yeah, listen. So I think City will win. I, I genuinely think. Oh, I, I I genuinely think that um, one of the, I think one of the hurdles that one of the issues that the any team that's doing what City are doing, uh, will have is that break between winning the Premier League on May the twentieth without kicking a ball on that Saturday, and then two weeks until the Cup final, three weeks until the Champions League final is getting back into. Getting back into the zone, getting back into the mode. You know, we've, we, we've, we've all seen pictures of players. Let's face it, they've had three games since then, but they weren't really proper games, were they? You, you know, the um the Chelsea, Brighton, Brentford games were were in essence sort of train exercises for um a lot of um players who who won't start um either in at Wembley or in, um, in Istanbul. And I think, you know, the trick, the tough trick is getting them back into that into that mode. Don't forget they had that. Great momentum where they were playing, you know, they were playing midweek weekend. They were winning games, they were winning tough games, high high energy, competitive games, games against clubs with loads to play for. Everton away, you know, sort of. It, 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 they had all that, and now it's hard to know what was the best thing to do because so then he gives them all a break. They go out partying, you know, they they, they party in the, He says disconnect now for these last two days. And they have disconnected, you know, they've gone to you know, various parts, maybe holiday homes for a couple of days, play golf as Pep suggested. And I just do think it's, listen, they're professional footballers. It shouldn't be that much of a of, of, of a big ass to get back into the mode. I just think that that's, I think psychologically, it's going to be tough for them to get back to the level they were at, which was an incredibly high level in the run into the Premier League season. That's my only caveat about, um, about predicting the outcome. Of Saturday's game is how City can City get back to that? I mean, they've lost the last game. You know, now you may say it's meaningless, but they they go into this game on the back of a defeat, you know, and 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 on the back of a draw, a bright and a defeat. They haven't won, you know, in their last two games. And again, you know, yes, I know it doesn't matter they've won the title, but I just think there is an element of of you know recharging and 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 how quickly. And how well you can do that. Um, and I think that's his only issue. But yes, on paper, man for man, as we've just discussed, in terms of how they played this season, then then the city rightly overwhelming favourites. Yeah. So sorry, just out of interest, how many how many United players get
1: into your combined team? <laughs> 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 <That's your point. laughs> I, I, I just not see how you oh, I mean, let's show our hands but it's I do I, 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 has, 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 has Andy got a point because I tell you what I, I was at an awards dinner the other night on, 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 on Tuesday right? Guardiola was you know sent his apologies and said he was in Barcelona which listen we're not never going to begrudge anyone a bit of a break but and you have to have a so break to recharge one point, point right? it's got, He's got a great point, and you only have to
0: look back at Bayern Munich during Pep's time there. They would be winning the Bundesliga with four, five, six weeks, there. and inevitably they would then hit a brick wall in the in in the Champions League in the last stage of the Champions League. I think the the kind of saving grace for City, if you know, if they are going to do the treble, is um. That the FA Cup fight—they've got two games, and anybody who doesn't turn up for that FA Cup final will not be named in the team for the Champions League final. They, they, this is a chance to state your claim for well, for City players to state their claim for for Istanbul. So I think that that has got um you know that has got uh will have a bearing on the way City play. Um, I, I agree. I think this is the game that 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 is the the real stumbling block or potential stumbling block for City. Um, just because it's a Manchester derby, and you never know. We, we saw in January, you know, City weren't at the best, but we're still in control of the game. And then the referee gets involved in the proceedings and the game changed literally on a, on a sixpence and United went on to, to win the game. Um, put it this way, I think for United to win, City would have to be well below their best and they would have to be Probably better than they've been at any time this season. Um, I mean, I've re- read a few things this week from various pundits about how Man United are going to stop, you know, th- this treble charge. And it's like it's like kind of listening to somebody advising a lower league team how to spring a shock against a you know a, a top team, um, kick them, uh, get every man behind the ball, play on the counter attack, basically. Play a way that Eric Ten Hag wasn't brought in, uh, you know, to play. He wasn't brought into to play on the counter attack. We've seen numerous Man United, Man United managers play that way, and they've not lasted very long. Um, Ten Hag's done a great job with the with the the squad that that was left left with him. But let's not forget, he did spend over two hundred million pounds in the transfer market last summer. So it's not that he's uh, there's been a lack of investment at Old Trafford since uh, since he came in. Um, but yeah, I just think the fact that it's a Manchester derby throws all kinds of kind of um, imponderables into into the equation. I think it'll be, uh, you know, I, I do think it'll be an arm wrestle on on Saturday. And the one thing City have got to make sure, if they're going to win, is that they don't lose their patience, which I think they did um, a little bit, um, or they've done in previous games against United, where where United have just sat, sat deep and, and caught them effectively on, on the counter-attack.
1: Yeah, it's It's a it's a fascinating matchup, I must say. And I do, you know, did I mean, it's great, Jeremy, isn't it? That you know how much I love the FA Cup, but it's great that the showpiece is back at three o'clock on Saturday as well, isn't it? I mean, it feels like a proper, and I've loved some of the build-up this week, you know, listening, sort of reading Yaya Toure, and what he's he sort of made of it and, and what have you. There's been proper build-up this week. I've loved it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it... It feels like a really big occasion again, doesn't it? But down the years, you know, the FA Cup has been devalued by losing some of its traditions that we all grew up loving. Really, it was the full day in front of the TV, wasn't it? When you were a kid watching the FA Cup, and um, in recent times, it's not felt that way because we've had later kickoffs, which have been a nightmare for fans traveling down there or wherever they were coming from. So, you know, I'm glad it's back at three o'clock. Obviously, there's a train strike on this weekend, so it's going to be a bit of a nightmare for everyone coming down from Manchester. The roads will be packed, but, you know, that's all part of it. You'll see the scars hanging out the cars and all that. And I just hope the fans behave themselves and um, we get a great game, But sometimes these games can be a bit of an anti-climation. Kind of. When you look at the quality of the show, you know, I do have a
3: lot of great players, you know. It should be a cracking game. Yeah. Uh, Andy, which way do you see it going? Oh, I see City winning. You know, I mean, I, I see United score it. I, I, I see all, all those things I said, the reservations have got, um, you know, they are they are only reservations. I think if City, if, if Pep, you know, listen, he's gone back in work yesterday, I assume. Um, he's got plenty of time to prepare. Um, fitness shouldn't be an issue. It'll be, uh, yeah, listen, well, actually, fitness probably will be an issue on the day because it's probably going to be a warm day and it's going to be. Um, a high-energy game. Just but just briefly, though, it is great to see it back at 3 o'clock. But, mm. but, but let's be honest, it's only 3 o'clock because the police don't trust the fans to behave for a 13 kickoff, do they? You no, know, it's only on police orders, which is a shame. I'd love to see it back to 3 o'clock anyway, but it'll be back at half-five next year, I'm sure, if it's not a Derby match. Um, yeah, so I see City... I do, City, I do see City prevailing. Um, you know, I think United... Listen... I think 10 Hag's done a really good job at United. A really good job um, this season. You know, he can be, you know, you've won the League Cup, you've qualified for the Champions League, and you're in an FA Cup final. Really good. You, you know, he, the, strangely, he's had the odd, really sort of, you know, big blip, you know, in, in the individual games, hasn't he? You know, the Liverpool game, obviously, clearly being one, Brentford away early in the season, um, being another, um, and one or, two, one or two others along the route. But, He's done a really good job. And I, and I think, you know, they play some good football. Um, it would be a shame if, as Simon says, they, they they resort to those sorts of, you know, just purely playing on the counter. But I think they will. And in a way, that's because, although he did sign players last summer, it's still not his squad. You know, he'll need two or three transfer windows to make it um, in the image of how he wants it to play. So they will have to adapt. And he's a practical coach. And, 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 and we will see City have, you would have thought, Seventy percent of possession. I would have thought on Saturday. I think we can all safely predict that. So it should be good. But I do, I do, I do. I see City uh, just. I'm, I think there'll be plenty. I th- want to say plenty goals. I, I've, I've predicted City three one. Wow. And I think. Hey, listen. Bear in mind, Erling Haaland hasn't scored for what in his last three games, I think. And I certainly don't think he's gone four games without a goal this season. So um, I suspect it, it. It's a game that, that you know. You suspect he might thrive in. You've got to remember as well, Crossy. There
2: there's so many threads to this game. It's a derby. It could be Maguire's last game for United. Will he play? If he doesn't play in United, somehow win. Will he go up and lift the trophy? Um, United can win two trophies this season. Like Andy said, that would be an astonishing right. for season for 10 And obviously, there's a backdrop of this trouble for City, so there's so much at stake. It's the stakes are so high. Yeah, Simon, what do you make of the job? And you touched on
1: it, but the the job that Ten Hag has done, because I do feel as if, like, you know, it's it's a bit of an unbalanced, weird squad, isn't it? And it's been it's
0: been an unbalanced weird season as well. You know, it's been an unbalanced weird season. They they produced some great performances. You know, beating City at Old Trafford. Most of them have been at Old Trafford, by the way, beating Liverpool beating Arsenal and then you know and one, missed one six three in the derby at, at the Etihad. I mean if Pep doesn't change his team with 20 minutes ago that could have been double figures. I mean United were United were absolutely on the knees. Seven at Anfield I mean in in other seasons a man united manager taking on those results would not be would not belong in the job. But he's done a great job is you know is in into in you know in the bigger picture he's got them over the line in the League Cup um, and comfortably so against the, you know, a Newcastle team that, that have also qualified for the Champions League, got them into the FA Cup final. And I've got to admit, I didn't think they would get past Brighton in the semi-final, but they, again, they did what they needed to do. Um, you know, And they've qualified for the Champions League. So I think in terms of um, what United would have expected at the start of the season, certainly United fans, He's ticked the box but all the boxes, and probably done a little bit more. Um, so, you know, I think United, United fans certainly, you know, I live in Manchester, they're absolutely delighted with the job that he's doing, and they they see even better years ahead. Um, but I really do think you only have to look at the gap between the, the two teams in the Premier League table. There is a there is a massive difference between them. Um, you know, if if you if you look at both teams at their very best um and uh, you know that that's the that's the key to saturday can city play at the best and or will city play at the best and can united stop them playing at the best so um yeah it should be uh, it should be an interesting game even even if it's uh, it's not the kind of feast uh, of attacking football we'd all like it to be
1: yeah oh i think city will win to be honest so i don't know 2-1 i think it, i think it could be you know could be a tight game, but I do I do feel as if City are the, uh, are the best team. My only slight concern is that kind of have they taken the foot off the gas this week? And that kind of, you know, I was so surprised to see him lose at Brentford, you know. Right. You it, can't what? see
2: Labiola allowing that to happen, though, can you?
1: No, I can't, I can't. No, he's such a perfectionist and he gets it
2: generally so right, you know, <clears throat> that I do think he's. City play, I mean, any, we've spoken to a couple of City players this week. Any, any play you've Come across at City, they are so obsessed with winning this trouble. So lucky they obviously appreciate how historic it would be. The thing as well, by the way, that the players
0: didn't. the, the players did need a rest. You know, he's not. He's not. giving them two two days off because they've won the title. He's given them two days off because they they have basically run themselves into the ground for the last three months, going on that absolutely incredible run. After you know, after losing to Tottenham, and and then obviously the FFP charges were brought, and they you know they didn't lose a game up until going to to Brentford with a with a scratch with a scratch scene. So they've been on a you know they've been on an incredible run that you could you could start to see a, a so in terms of players you know players playing when they weren't fully fit, um players playing when they were they were clearly jaded. Robbery, for example, um. Look shattered in a, in a few few of the big games against them, um, you know, against by the last name Munich by Munich and, uh, Munich and um, Real Madrid. Jack Grealish the same. So, I think I think he's done the right thing in giving them days off, even if even if it does mean slightly losing that that momentum. Yeah, yeah. Even
2: yeah. Colin Phillips got a few games at the end of the season. Wow, the Yorkshire Polo.
1: Yeah, it, went, it went, Wow, that is that is that is quite something. Andy, I was quite intrigued by by Ten Hag sort of saying earlier in the week, wasn't he, about building a dynasty and a sort of a legacy at Old Trafford. You know, do you feel as if I don't know about that, but it, it, do you feel as if United will be much much closer next season to to City? Does anyone get closer to City next season? Frankly,
3: um, yeah. let don't forget for long periods of the season. Arsenal were ahead of City, so of course you can compete with City. You know they lost football matches last season, and um, the season just gone. And yes, they can. I, I, and he will make. I assume Manchester United will make good signings to talk of Mason Mount. You know, certainly Harry Kane is still a possibility. Imagine if they get Harry Kane and Mason Mounts. You know, that, that that they are they will be two fantastic signings. Yes, they'll be closer. And yes, I can see Ten Hag long term. I do think, I do think he is a manager who has shown himself. Quite well suited to this job, I think he represents United well. Um, uh, conducts himself well, uh, you know. Unlike some previous managers, one of whom was on his on his worst form last night in the in the Europa final. Um, I think you know I like the cut of his jib. I like the way he, 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 he represents United. I think it'll take him a while to put a stamp on the team, on the squad. I think two or three more signings. Um, this summer. He's shown that he's decisive in his treatments of Harry Maguire, for example, and Ronaldo. Yes. I mean, I, I, that's sort of fell into his lap a little bit, but, but yes, I agree. And I think, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, he's I think he's got the makings of a, a long-term Manchester United manager. I, I really do. And will they be close to City? Yes, they'll be closer next season. Of course they will. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, they, they will get better. Um and as they will see more of his personality and his philosophy, for want of a better word, next season and the season after. You know, they, uh, they might get close next season and probably even closer in 24-25. to remember, Crossy, this current City team is probably the finished article when you look at it.
2: You know, it's it's a complete team and the, they'll be great again next season and Pep will probably sign one or two players this summer and, you know, make them slightly stronger. But the onus is on. Clubs like United to close that gap. And that obviously comes with stability and spending money.
1: That's the bottom line in the Premier League. Yeah, it's, it's, it'll be a, uh... Be an interesting one, won't it? I, I do think this summer. Listen, I, I can't remember who touched on it, but it sort of, you know, Jose Mourinho. We should touch on Jose's antics last night. I don't know whether anyone watched it, but wow, I mean, I did, and I, I actually thought that Anthony Taylor had a fairly decent game
3: to <laughs> be <released. laughs> Hey, I watch, hey, I watch I watched most of it, and um, but yeah, I, I, we've actually found someone who's less of a fan of Anthony Taylor than Simon So it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> That's unbelievable. He was probably applauding Joe.
0: Well said, Jose. So yeah. I, thought, I thought Anthony Taylor was outstanding last night. Thought he had an outstanding game. And had Anthony it. Taylor doesn't live in Naples
1: or something stupid, does he? Oh, yes.
0: No, he's he's an Ultrringen fan. Apparently, <laughs> um, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I thought Anthony Taylor had a, a, an, out, an an outstanding game last night. I, I really did it. And the pressure he was under was, you know. It was it was incredible. Every single decision was was, was challenged. Um and, and I thought he was I thought he was probably the, the outstanding performer on the pitch. And we all we've all seen the uh the footage of, of Mourinho raging in the car park um after the game, which again, you know, Jose does like an excuse, doesn't he? Um you know, it's it's you know, the classic deflection tactics. we saw it when he was at when he was at Man United, close up, um, we saw it at Chelsea. You know, um, yeah. But sorry, going back, I thought it was
3: a it, it was a disappointing game, really, wasn't it? It, um, it was shocking. But, yeah. but but you're right, Simon. I mean, Anton say that. I think there was fourteen, fourteen bookings. You know, and you and you go through them, and like you know. You couldn't really argue with any, any one of those, those 14 bookings. Yeah. What, what made um, me laugh was that
1: basically, you know, Seville were obviously claiming for a foul on Rakitic in the build-up to Roma's goal. I mean, I don't, by the way, I don't think it was a foul, but I mean, come on, you know, it's, it's, it's I don't know, You pays your money, he takes a choice. I just thought it was Jose, it was, it was miserable worst, basically. Chris, what's your opinion on him giving his medal away? Well, he's done it for effect, isn't he? I mean, you know, typical joke. I mean, he's trying to make a point there, isn't he? Rather than sort of I think, right, I think he's trying to make a point rather than a good gesture, really. Yeah. So I, I thought. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know some some people don't want to even pick up the silver medal, do they? They sort of the us up medals. But I remember, Sue I comes second now, did it? They? they don't. But I just thought. You, you know, and a lot of people sort of kind of make a fair point on that. But I do think that if he's given it away to a kid, like a sort of a top player gives away a shirt to a kid, you know, in the crowd, great. But come on, we I think we all know Jose and his cynicism. He's done that for effect, basically. When he, 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 he threw a Premier League medal into the crowd at Chelsea one season. Yeah. Maybe
0: I'm doing him a disservice. He yeah. gave a Premier League medal to to a fan. Yeah, well, didn't give it. He just threw it into the crowd and some lucky chap, uh, I, I love it. I on <laughs> eBay. Yeah, yeah. Probably, on, probably, like say, probably on eBay. But I tell you what, though, the 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 other the other person who was who was a hero last night was Michael Oliver, um, because you know Anthony Taylor was in the best place. He was out in the middle. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Michael Oliver could probably write a book about what he experienced in those 120 minutes because he was getting grief from. From both sides of the fence, um, you know, I would love to get an insight into some of the stuff that that was uh, that was going on. And, and listen, you, you, you never know. UEFA may investigate because um, the, the number of bookings that the uh, that, that were awarded on the sidelines, maybe they'll uh, they'll launch one of their special investigations, and we might get some kind of insight into uh, into exactly what happened. I'd love to to know where uh, Michael Oliver's thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be interesting, I must say. But I, I do think Jose's stock has gone up recently, hasn't it? And basically, we've we, we've all thought, oh, I mean, myself included, actually, I was quite impressed with Jose during this sort of the, um, you know, no Spurs fans wouldn't see it like this, but during COVID, I just thought, wow, wow, this is, you know, maybe it's kind of. Not, not completely changed or whatever, but it's just like, you know, you see the other sort of human side of him and it's, you know, and I, I was really quite impressed really. And I think Roma love him, don't they? I mean, the Roma fans worship him, you know, and so maybe that will play into the whole thing last night and the way he reacted and they'll like him even more. But they're desperate for him to stay, but his, his stock is stock is, is is rising. But Seville, I mean, they such so sensational in that competition, aren't they? Absolutely sensational. What you know? What a track record! But listen, we should also touch on um, uh, Postino. Andy, your favourite. Um, coming back to, to coming back to coming back to Chelsea. Really got what an in 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 trade he's got.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what an entry! What a squad he's got. What 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 a huge squad he's got to sort out. You know, and we're reading all these. Uh, we're reading a lot of stuff about who's in, who's out. Yeah, you know, I, I guess that's easier said than done, isn't it? You know, getting certain players out and getting certain players in. Um, Considering the amount of players they've signed, it's, you know, they're in a position. I mean, uh, a really sort of like it, 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 you, a strange position where they've got, they've made so many signings over the past um, 12 months since um, since the takeover. And yet there they are with a new manager who might actually not want a lot of those signings and who actually will have his own idea on who he wants to sign, and who he wants to recruit this summer. So it's a, it's a, it's an unbelievable situation to try and sort out, and for him to sort out. And if you think, I mean, if, if you think of how, it, it's hard to actually, I think it was almost overlooked at the end of the season, just what a terrible, terrible, terrible season Chelsea had. What a terrible in they had. I mean, they were absolutely dreadful. I mean, and this idea that Pochettino will come in, Oh, and that's great. we'll be all right next season. Posh comes in, and actually Chelsea will be contenders because they've got this huge squad. and They've got a great manager coming in. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. I looked at that team in several games in the last, say, well, since Frank Lampard took over those last, um, whatever, however many games it was, it does or something, um, and they were they were awful. I mean, shocking. They were, you know, they were a semblance of a of, a, of an elite Premier League team, and uh, to turn that round in one preseason. I think it's a huge ask. I, 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 I again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly, you know, I think people are just, are just thinking somehow that posh will come in and go right bang bang, turn them back into top four, a top four team. I don't see it happening. I don't think they'll be anywhere near the top four next season. The top six, are possibly top half. Listen, they're going to, be, you know, I mean, top half. I just don't see, you know, it, 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 it's. I, I just don't get this idea. I, I look at that team and see how how poorly functioning that team is, and I think it's going to take it'll take a magician to come in and and and, and wave a wand to get that team. I think top four again, considering the fact that you know again the opposition. You know, Liverpool had a good run of form in in, in the in the final quarter third of the season. You know, there's no reason to suggest that they won't um, ch- um, challenge again. Um, Arsenal. Let's face it, if they sign Declan Rice, that's that that that's that that just cements their um position as title challengers. Newcastle United, we know we're not going anywhere. Um, and Manchester City or Manchester City. I just don't see it. I don't see it for Chelsea. I, listen, Pochettino might do well, but again, I think it's gonna be a longer term um issue. If he gets to long lot long, long I, I think season after next or even further ahead, three seasons time. I think it's I think it's a huge, huge job. And I don't see Um, that he comes in with a magic wand and and, and suddenly transforms them back into what they were. Yeah, Jeremy's not getting that time, is he? He's getting two
1: years. Yeah. Two years plus plus an option
2: on the club side. I mean, I sort of get that from the club's point of view, but if you're a Chelsea fan, you'd be thinking, where's the long-term, where's the longevity? Because I totally agree with everything Andy said about Chelsea. I think it's going to be such a massive turnaround for Pochettino. I mean, I'm not surprised he's taken the job to clearly a massive club. And they were champions of Europe two years ago. Um, but, you know, it's a massive task for him. And he's, he's, he's putting his reputation on the line, um, Pochettino. He could be defining time for him in, in terms of his career. He's defining the end. It could be for Chelsea in the next couple of years. And clearly, if he does well, he'll sign another contract. But I don't think he'll finish in the top eight next season. I mean, they have a, they're just a group of individuals. They're not a team, are they? He needs to stamp his authority throat on the team, come up with a system of playing that gets the best out of those players. Um, and that takes time, you know. I mean, he did that at Tottenham, to be fair. You know, he, he made good players even better. He obviously got into to the Champions League final. But I just think if it goes wrong with Pochettino, where, a, where, where does Pochettino go then? And what does Bowley do after that? Yeah. Where I mean, do you turn if it, this doesn't work?
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It is a
2: first manager under.
1: Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, we should touch on transfers because you know transfers are well and truly kicked off, isn't it? Really. I mean, you know, there's a few obviously sagas that are probably going to go long into the window. I'm thinking Declan Rice. I'm thinking Harry Kane. Even James Ward-Prowse maybe. But basically, you know, where will if you're a betting man, Simon? Where do where do you see where do you see them all going? Um, by the end of the window or being at the end of the window I should say well
0: Harry Harry Kane um, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he was still Tottenham's number nine when the transfer window closes because Daniel Levy you know you only have to speak to sort of other chief execs and sporting directors to know how tough he is to negotiate with and he clearly doesn't want to lose Kane Um. Tottenham, you know, desperately looking for a manager of their own. Um, which, you know, that that has got to be one of the most farcical stories of the Premier League era. Um, the fact that that Tottenham keeps sacking managers without having a, a contingency plan in place. Um so it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. If he if he kind of stuck by his guns and said, Look, Harry, Harry, sorry, you signed a contract. You're going nowhere. We'll run the risk of of losing you for nothing in 12 months' time. Because at Tottenham without Harry Kane, I mean, where would he have been this season? 30 goals. You know, I know it's been touched upon by people since the, you know, since the, the final game at least. But 30 goals in that Tottenham team is an absolutely incredible achievement. Um, and uh, you know, Harry Kane continues to play at his very best level. Regardless of who's a manager and how good Tottenham are, so um, you know, can can Tottenham even for hundred million pounds plus? Can Tottenham afford to lose that? How do they replace that? I don't think they. I don't think they can. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he was still in a, a Tottenham shirt when the transfer window closes.
2: But sorry, sorry, sorry. Just, just on touching on that. If you're Harry Kane, you seriously want to commit another season to a club where you know you're probably not going to win anything. He's nearly. No, but, He's not, no but Harry Kane no,
0: wanted to sign for Man City two years ago, and yeah. and he didn't get what he wanted. So you know, we talk about in football how players have all the power. Maybe that isn't quite the case at Tottenham. Maybe that's a, you know a different scenario there because uh, what you know Daniel even refused to answer the phone. Um, so uh, maybe he'll do do exactly the same this summer, which you, will make you know, the new manager a bit more difficult if you want to answer your phone.
3: You know what, there's, I mean, just to be completely contrary, um, no one doubts that Harry Kane, what he's done, his, his numbers are incredible. His form has been outstanding for many, many seasons consistently. There's probably no player, no individual who contributes more to his club's cause than Harry Kane. But they've won nothing with Harry Kane. Let's face it; they have won nothing. He, he is essentially—that's not, not Harry Kane's fault. He's doing de- no, hes, he's, no, 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 he's no. delivering on his side of the bargain by scoring thirty goals a season. I'm not saying it's his fault, but it is a fact of life. It is a fact of life that he is part of a team that has consistently won nothing at all. And the fact of the matter is, if if someone offers one hundred million pounds for a player who's going to go for free, and it'll be um, in his thirty first year next next go for free next season. They've got to take that money. They've got to take £100 well, million. Pounds. They won't be offering £100 million with, with great respect. No, exactly, exactly. So if Manchester United are either A, daft, or being desperate enough to offer £100 million cash, then you have to bite the hands-off. You have to you know, you know, have to drive him up there yourself because he's going at it in a year's time on a free. Secondly, a new manager comes in. Now, yes, obviously a new manager will come in and presumably you know, would like the gift of having someone already in place who is a prolific goal scorer um, to the level that remarkably Kane is, however, he would have his own ideas on how to spend 100 million pounds and have a rebuild, have a whole new spares. That is life. Listen, a big player, we we've, we've seen it historically year after year. You can lose a player who you think is irreplaceable and be better. I'll go all the way back to 1977 when Kevin Keegan left Liverpool for Hamburg. European Player of the Year had just basically won the European Cup for Liverpool. I remember, you know, I mean, Liverpool fans are in tears there. I, I was going to be replaced. Kenny Douglas rests history, you know, and this happens. So, with this idea that everything must revolve around Harry Kane and Spurs, it's, it's desperate. Whatever, I don't quite buy into. You know, I'd like to see who knows, who knows whether Spurs take £100 million, invest it wisely, get a new manager in who's a good manager. Who knows whether Spurs are going to be any better? They finished eighth this season. Harry Kane got 30 goals. And Harry Kane, you know, gets individual awards, but they finished eighth with Harry Kane and the team. Without Harry Kane and the team, where will they finish next season? I don't know. But, you know, I, I would guess probably eighth or, or or similar or better. You know, it, it's not... I just don't think practically £100 million, if that was the case, as John says, I mean, I can't see anyone offering £100 million for the player who's going to be in his 30s, his 30 next month, isn't he? And... Um, and he's out of contract in 12 months' time. But if someone did come up with 100 million, it's a no brainer, even for Daniel Levy, I think.
1: Well, he would be, yeah. But I just, I you know, I just, there's just no way that Daniel Levy will entertain, you know, Man United. Just no way. Not
3: what, even if they
2: even,
1: even mm. if they say there's 100 million pounds, he, Daniel Levy wouldn't I, say, I still, I, still think he'd, I still think he, I still think it, listen, Daniel Levy takes so much criticism. And is almost, his, 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 his leadership is defined by people, by fans saying, you know, you're not interested in success, you're only interested in the money. If you know, if that's the accusation, which he, you know, clearly denies because basically wants Spurs to be successful, and then he does take 100 million pounds. I mean, where do people think that that's going? I mean, listen, I get the financial point of view. Yeah, but to 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 a Premier League rival, to a Premier League, rival. and listen, I don't think that Harry Kane wants to go abroad, not for a moment. And then, basically, I do think that, that ultimately, what it's not down to Harry Kane clearly, and you know, it, it, he's not got the final say. And I just don't think that you know, don't think it's it. it I don't think it's a goer as it stands. And so, basically, I think he will leave. Leave free in in twelve months, you know. He, listen, Spurs are banking on the fact that they let him go into the final year of his contract. I also think we over we underestimate what that means to a player here in this discussion, because basically a lot of players would welcome that opportunity. You know, basically, it, it, he's a world class striker, fabulous goalscorer, prolific, and in a year's time, he'll be a free agent, the world at his feet. He can do whatever he likes. And basically, that that's an extremely attractive proposition. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just he it would just get unbelievable offers next year. You know, I you know what? I don't I don't think there are many alternative destinations for Harry
0: Kane Clubs that will spend that amount of money to to prise him away from Tottenham. I think Man United really the only kind of valid option that he's got. And you talk about clubs won't pay hundred million pounds. Well, Daniel Lieber will be looking at Paul Pogba. He'll be looking at Harry Maguire. He'll be looking at United handing Cristiano Ronaldo five hundred thousand pounds a week a couple of years ago. United, when they are desperate for a player, tend to do pretty daft things, and uh, uh, it wouldn't surprise me in, the, in in the slightest if they if they tried to force Tottenham's hand by
3: by going big like that again. Well, Cross, just just quickly, Cross, you you're you right. I mean, it, it, if, if he lets his contract go down and he's a free agent next summer. I mean, you're right. The options are so many more options. Absolutely. So many more options. And, and yeah, I mean, think this is sort of a preferred choice. And I think so
1: many agents and so many players will tell you, blimey, yeah. 12 months, there's no way I'm doing anything.
3: No way. No, I, it, Just exactly. Way. I mean, you <laughs> think, I mean, it, 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 it's a really, I mean, for example, it's a massive long shot. But as Simon mentioned Manchester City, you know, what if what if Harland decides that you know two seasons in the Premier League is enough and goes to Real Madrid, and then Kane goes into you know it, 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 I mean I know that is an extreme long shot, but that's the type of thing that could happen, you know, and then and then he's guaranteed the, the silverware he wants, but but you, you're right, it, it, to me, if I was the player, that would be the option is 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 to run the content. I, I know the better better, bet,
0: Andy. Andy. Yeah. and the better bet with Man City would be uh, Kane playing just in behind Haaland. Imagine that as a class. Oh, 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 oh. They can't do that. And, uh, hey, uh, no, no. You <laughs> want a free transfer? What's that? Kane, Kane having three, three years playing just behind the uh, early I mean,
1: you what, Harry Kane is that good that I do think you could almost well you could do it as a ten. Brilliant player. Brilliant player. Absolutely fabulous player. But anyway, but there you go. So we'll see. And we didn't even get on to Declan Rice, who, by the way, I'm sure will be an Arsenal player. But there you go, because really don't really don't think he wants to go by a minute. But there you go. So we'll see. But anyway, listen, we're going to finish on the question of the week. Now, who would win in a four-team league? Fergie's treble team, Wenger's invincibles, or Jose's... 4 5 Chelsea team up against the City's current team. Simon, let's start with you.
0: Well, are, are they playing each other, just playing each other twice, home and away? Around, around, no, around
1: little round robin yeah, twi- twi- the little round-robin tournament. Home and away. We're setting um, up, in, but your back garden is big enough. Come on. Well, let's see. Uh, Chelsea would finish with six points.
0: 6 nil nil draws. Um... We are talking about the Mourinho team, Chelsea Mourinho team. That was, no, that was just, that was just a joke. It would
2: win it. I think, I think, I think City would win it. I think City, I think City would, I think City
0: would win it. I just think that the numbers that they posted over the last few years point to something that we've not seen before uh, over a consistent, consistently long period. You know, this is sort of five, Six years now that this has been going on for, you know, the Arsenal team, absolutely fantastic history makers, would never denigrate what they achieved. Same with Man United. Mourinho's Chelsea was probably the team that really did start raising the barrier in terms of the points you would need to win the league. So it's a, it's a really difficult one to, ask, uh, to answer, but just in terms of longevity, I think, um, I think it would be City.
3: Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. You you don't only go. Oh, never mind the numbers. We we've all we're all old enough to have to have covered all those four teams. You know, we we, we all covered those. four. Yeah, sorry mate. Hey, we we have all two, covered all those four teams. And just so just going on what I see, just going on, on on what I see on the field of play. Never mind what they've won or what their record is. Just going on visual evidence of what I see. This Manchester City team. Is is the best I've seen out of out of those four. I, I'd say I'll tell you what. So they would they would win. Just 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 quickly though. I mean you have got a lot of Liverpool fans would be a bit um probably upset that none of their teams are in it. I mean, obviously maybe we're just going if you go back to the Liverpool team that won well, it changed a bit, but you know, um, three European Cups in the space of um, however it was six seven years yeah, If then, you yeah.
0: if you to include that team, Andy, we'd have to bring the back pass law, but uh, change the back pass law again. No, 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 no.
3: Germany.
2: Yeah. Anyway, City, I'm going for it. Can't look beyond City, can you? That United team, obviously, they were famed for great comebacks and winning games, you know, in the last minute, like they did in Barcelona. Um, City's so good. They've got no weaknesses. You just can't look beyond them. Sorry, it's a boring answer, but I think they're the best team I've seen in my generation. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do think United
1: would sneak, surely sneak a last-minute victory over someone or other. And I do, I do feel as if Carvalho and Terry are the best central defensive partnership in in the Premier League era. I really do, and I think that Wenger's... Invincibles were, as you say, you know, would they, would, 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 would they ever lose a game? But I tell you what, if we, uh, this is the thing that does, does my ending really about sort of kind of comparing between areas. Football evolves, that's the point. They're fitting now, they're stronger now, they're quicker now, they're more physical now. It's what happens. And basically, I, I think Man City produced the single best of 45 minutes of football against Real Madrid in the opening half that I've ever seen in the flesh.
2: Yeah, it was astonishing. I wanted to school it. was like watching City play
3: a League One team in the FA, GO. Yeah, it really it was. was. It should have been 4 it 0. Is, it is worth mentioning they are, of those four teams, the only ones who have 115 charges of financial uh, unfair play uh, against I mean, them. It, it should really mention shouldn't it, shouldn't we? I mean, like, it would be remiss of us not to mention that of those four giant teams, they are the only ones who have been. Um, or, or fighting charges
0: they're the only they're the only one of those four teams that had to operate
1: under FFP true very true very very true point good point straight yeah. 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 guys it's really good to see you so thanks so Thank much you. enjoy the cup final see you there see you there you chaps